She immigrated from Egypt and conned men out of their money. And it all ended one bloody holiday weekend. Oh, Mima, what part of the game is this? Welcome back. I, I definitely like forgot the song. I was going with the May song. Yeah, that's what I was with too. He was like, "Welcome back," and never came back. <laughs> like, what happened? What happened? What were we? Uh, what were we? Oh, I was like, "Baby daddy." Hi, you guys. I uh, I missed you guys a lot. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a. How long has it been? Hello. From it's the been about a uh, other side outside. A month. We I think we last uploaded May twenty first. Hello, it's me. You're quiet. We're here though. We're <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah. We've missed you. We've missed this. Um, it's been so much fun. Uh, housekeeping. We can talk about what we, why we've been gone for so long. Yeah, I guess that's part of housekeeping. Um, yes. CrimeCon happened. CrimeCon was a thing. We did CrimeCon. It was fire. It was, it was a thing. I ate a lot of jambalaya. I had a lot of seafood. I ate all of Little Mermaid's friends. Good. All of that. It's my least favorite Disney movie. And it was so, yeah, it was Under the sea. I'm like, really? <laughs> Really, the crab is a Jamaican. No one, <laughs> no one believes that. But um, I didn't. I don't like seafood because I don't like weird textures. So oh, I like ate a lot of stuff. like smoked sausages. And I had like alligator that. sausage. And you did. I did try it. That's yeah. just your alligator. Say what? That's just but, your alligator. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm, yeah, it was a good time. It was. It was. It did was. a live show. We met Diana, who was awesome. Yes, we did. Uh, Amber, who was awesome. Yes. I went on the river walk a couple of times. Yeah, Either way, it was a lot of fun. New Orleans yes. is a beautiful city. Yes, it was. Um, the food is amazing. Shout out to Juan's Flying Burrito for happy hour. Um, and your smothered burritos. It was so bomb. The nachos were amazing. I didn't have it. You didn't have Juan's Flying Burrito. No. Um, shout out to Daisy Mays or whatever it was for giving me my grits. Um, where else did we go? The gumbo the shop. Shout out to you. you. Ate, all the places that you ate. Right. I know. I'm just, I'm just, I don't even remember. <laughs> I just ate so much and I'm finally starting to lose the weight I gained. I do all the things. Um, what I do is I check in the Foursquare every time I go to a new place so I can look back and search it and see where I went when I was there. Uh, so the next time I'm there, I know if it was good to stop in again. Mm-hmm. Um, I took an awesome photo in front of the Buckner Mansion, which if you guys know, um, is the house, is the school in American Horror Story Coven. I couldn't find it. It was in the Garden District. It's not hard to find. We, that's the only place we didn't get to go. Yeah, that's the, that's, are uh, we landed? Um, we landed at 9 a.m. Central Time. Um, we were able to go to Airbnb right away. And then we jumped, we jumped on a streetcar. We mm-hmm. ate lunch and went on a streetcar down there. And we walked through some cemeteries. Um, we met some weird people while we were there. Um, heard some weird noises. I gotta get out. <laughs> but it was just fun. Um, but other than that, that was really fun. Let's get into other house, real housekeeping. Housekeeping. Um, He's having a baby, joking. Wow. <laughs> you know what's funny? He was like, the first time we started this was like about the same time I met my husband. And he was like, you better not get pregnant. You better not get pregnant. And I don't think I'm going to be the first one with a baby, but. Mm. I think you are a stepmama. So I think you're still wrong. I am. I'm, yeah, you're I'm legally and contractually bound to this baby now. Um, <laughs> but I want to shout out our new patrons we have because it's been a month since we've spoken to you. So yes. shout out to my ginger thriller. I love this kid. A kid. He's a grown man. He's older than me. He's got a baby. He's got two whole babies and a wife and lives in Texas. Justin Ruff. Hi, Justin. I love Justin too. So he's, he's such a nice guy. I can't wait to, 
I can't wait to like fly down to Texas to hang out. Kelly Reckus. Hi, Kelly. If I pronounced that right. Hannah with no last name. You're Hannah. on here, too. Hey, girl. Amber Lyons. We know who you are. Hey, Amber. Again. Uh, right. Back again. <laughs> Guess who's back? Hooked Amanda Ross. And Amanda. Hey, Amanda. EB, who I don't know who that, that is. That was definitely somebody who's trying to stay anonymous. I saw that. I, but, hey, EB. Oh, you know what? I do know who that is. There is a black woman who followed me on Instagram. Her name was like Ebony. But whatever. I won't say your last name. I know your Instagram name. And I followed her back. I realized that's probably who this is. But shout out to you for following us. Thank you for supporting us in the way you do. Um, we've got some extra swag from CrimeCon. Yes, I feel like do. I'm going to throw that in an envelope and send it to you guys if you put your address in there. Just yeah. sticker and a bracelet. Boom. Yeah, yeah. We got Enjoy bracelets. We've got stuff. So you want to jump into this story? Because yeah. we've been chatting for a long time. We're talking about a girl who was a model. Look at you painting a photo for us. <laughs> You're painting a, model, a picture. I can't. I've been... A struggling model. No, I'm not as good as with the words. And I'm going to let you do it. But ahead. we're talking about a woman who was uh, a beauty. In her own right, but she had a horrible life. Yeah, definitely, but a horrible life, and it didn't lead to great things. We're talking about Omaima Nelson. Um, (laughs) I keep thinking Jemima, and it's gonna ruin me the entire episode. I'm gonna have to like stop you from making that mistake. All right, that's why you're leading. Right, but Omaima (laughs) was born in 1968 in uh, southern Egypt. Um, She came from a troubled family background. Um, Her father was very violent. He had a temper. She has said that she went through a lot of abuse in her childhood. Um, her parents ended up divorcing and moving from this village to a slum in Cairo called the City of the Dead. Ooh. Yes. Um, this city was surrounded by graveyards. And I know this place. I've never been to Egypt, but I do know this specific place. There's I've a never lot heard of, of like, until ghost here. You got to figure it out. I'm there's, sure there's a there is a lot of City of the Dead. You've never seen it. It's like a, a Sundance movie. I don't, media and me, I don't do media. Yeah, well, I used Not to watch. Not as much as a normal person. Though. I used to watch a lot of movies on, um, on the IFC Sundance channel, like after 9 p.m. when you're not supposed to, if you're like under the age of 18. But it was Supervision. like. Well, yeah, but it's also like, uh, there's movies like Itu Mama Tambien, which is like really, I've seen that. I love that I movie. I love that movie. Um, which subtitles. I love for an days. international movie. Same. City of the Dead is like, it's, is it? you'll, we'll talk about it. That way. <laughs> that way we don't stay here too long. But anyways, yeah. Someone's be- writing a review that's angry. Right now. <laughs> I wish they, they would just much. stay on track. <laughs> I can't help it. You try talking to your friend about things you like and see how often right? you stay on track. Right. <laughs> This is Go not ahead. work. Anyways, <laughs> but it was, it's said to be about four miles of graves and tombstones. And, um, the people are so poor there, they end up, squ- they end up squatting in the tombstones, like in yeah. the tombs. So there's a lot of poverty that grew up, um, that happens there. And she grew up around that. But despite this, like, rough life, she grew up to be a beautiful ma- woman, including in all the abuse that she went through. I just want to mention that she also had her clitoris removed. Um, I'm going to use the proper terms in a surgery that they do female castration. Um, well, how about you tell us a little bit more about female castration? Well, why you pass it to me like that? Because so, you have all the data on that. I, I have a you lot. You are ready. I, <laughs> <laughs> I no, it's just because it's something that's always been. Uh, it's always um, what's not interested me, but us blown me away. Um, so if you guys usually it's called female genital mutilation. You're right. Uh, a lot of women will uh in. Uh, African and Middle Eastern countries have had this happen. It's where they remove the outer genitalia. So it could be the labia uh, majora, things like that, mm-hmm. um, the clitoris. Um, and it usually ends up being super painful as mm-hmm. far as uh, intercourse goes, like the vaginal. The vaginal. Vaginal. 
uh, muscles contract, making things really uncomfortable, and it, it just doesn't. It just doesn't I mean, add. It's used to desensitize sensations during sexual right. It's meant pleasure. to desexualize yeah. and de- like so women don't get to enjoy sex. Right. It's definitely patriarchal and disgusting in its own right. Um, uh, and it was the practices still happen. Yeah, it still does. It was banned in Egypt in 2008. Um, unfortunately, prior to that, 27.2 million women in Egypt had already been mutilated in that way. Right. Um, so, like, too little, too late. Right. But I'm so glad. And I know there's a lot of uh, campaigns and things in recent years that are shedding light on this happening in so many countries. Right. Um, and so if you don't know, what we're going to do is we're going to add, I think, um, the World Health Organization does a lot of studies and things on it. So I'm going to add their website and their links uh, to the description of this episode. Right. Uh, what it does, uh, it just sets people up, for, especially for spousal relationships, romantic relationships. Um, it definitely it can definitely screw things up. But also when you think about immigrant women, uh, so in this case, um, <laughs> Omaima. <laughs> And Omaima, uh, being an immigrant woman and having a different sexual culture in Egypt than you do in America. America, you're a lot more free. You're allowed to have agency and autonomy and explore and use your body in the ways that you want. Where Egypt, you were really restrained and constricted in what you could do and how you could display your sexuality. So yeah. there's a lot of things that happened, uh, in that, in that, that, that changed and, uh, informed. So that is what I'll say about that. Right. Um, there's more stuff, but I'll talk <laughs> about it later. But in that, um, Despite all that, she definitely grew up to be a beautiful young lady. Yeah, um, she was, and I've seen, if you do a post pictures, yeah, you um, know, she does on that. my Instagram. That's what I do. But yeah, she was like as wild and crazy and vicious is, as yeah. she was, stunning. Right, um, and of course, going through all this, you're also gonna see signs of PTSD. So, I mean, they say at this point there was already signs there, but when she was 18, she met an oil worker, and the f- two became involved they were in a relationship i'm not too sure i'm not too sure it was love because you know one of the things is she wasn't a virgin Mm -hmm. and in their background and being muslim no one will accept her if she wasn't a virgin no good man so she they kind of like pushed her off to this american guy who will accept her and she ended up moving to texas again sexual cultures being different to like Right. So unless of course you find an evangelical Christian and then like virginity is like that thing that is highlighted. Hmm. So we don't I'm that's not a, that's a, that, like, that 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 virgin thing is a real cultural cultural thing that I never got. Like I was so no one told me to be better than these things I was told, but I just never you know, subscribed uh, to the things that I grew up hearing. I can, I can, you know, like I, people who know me know that I, I identify as Christian. Like that's, that's part of my, my walk here. But, um, I do, I, like, I can understand, like, the, the preservation, like, saving yourself for somebody. I can understand, like, how you can get behind that. Um, I just think that in today's day and age, Christians have made this idol of sexual purity. Like, they've almost worship it more than they worship God. Like, it's the one thing that they cling to while at the same time not following in the footsteps of Jesus. Like, people will be vicious and mean and shaming and guilt tripping. But as long as they're a virgin, they could be all these things because they're still pure. You know, it's just all these things that we don't have to get into it. No, but I guess uh, what I mean, just like to cut it off here, I wish people would be honest. It is frustrating emotionally, physically to give yourself the wrong person after the wrong person. Absolutely. But it's nothing to do with your worth. And I'm, I was never subscribed to that. Like, and I'm going to be real with my children. Like, it's exhausting going out there and putting yourself out there to be harmed and hurt. Um, but it's not about your worth, girl. I, yeah, not, I subscribe to the theory that if we're if we're going to subscribe, if we're going to subscribe to the wait until someone's going to love you and there's covenant, 
I am a believer that if you have given yourself to people before in that way, then that God is a restorer. Right. You know, like that doesn't matter. Like that is not a virginity thing. It's a mindset thing. It's that now I'm committed to this person and it's beautiful. I think sex is gross in general. Well, that's fine. I know, I know your, your husband is, but. Yeah, he definitely is. Uh, but it's, uh, I just think that, I just think it's so, I think it's just so dumb to worship this thing. Yeah, Um, idea. But she tied the knot with this, uh, oil tycoon in, uh, 1986 and, um, she moved to America, but that quickly fell apart. Um, within the same year they were divorced. Part of America, Texas. I think I said that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, our favorite barbecue, baby. I mean, we talk about Texas, but I think Florida gets hit more on this show. Did you see the meme? Um, it was like the Harry Potter meme, and it was uh, Professor McGonagall. She's like, "How come every time something happens, it's you three? And it was like the like Hermione, Ron, and Harry, Mm -hmm. but it was California, Alabama, and Florida. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that makes sense. That and makes so sense. That is, that's funny. Texas was completely left out. So you guys have barbecue. You gave us the Spurs. You gave away Kawhi Leonard, but that's not a, that's on to you. That's Toronto thing. So Omaima now she finds herself in this new country all alone. She didn't have you know strong ties to language, no people to tie herself with. So she's looking for I guess companionship and support. I would relationship. say relationship support 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 being a major uh, theme in this case. <laughs> Yeah. Well, she turned to, she turned to meeting guys at bars. That's where she primarily looked. And she went through a number of like short relationships after relationships. Um, she ended up moving to, um, California Mm. and she became uh, a nanny and a house cleaner to really support herself. And then she did some model work because she was pretty. Yeah. Well, that pretty. And, you know, California. And exotic, too. Like, you have to think about I'm that. I'm still waiting for my contract to roll through. It was like, because Egyptians and, like, skin tone and hues and that, looking at the, especially in the early 90s. I hate the when word everything exotic. Was the, well, that's, the, that's yeah. the word you would use. Um, but that's exoticizing people. It's not okay. But in the I early 90s, when the modeling agents industry was very white yes you know Kate so Moss. yeah and then tyra banks and them came like, like uh, we had uh what's her name the uh da, 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 Sydney, naomi campbell and um, all these like oh, and yes Sydney her. crawford yes yes um but they had these people and then like so you had these tokenized women of color um but like they're coming up. i don't think tyra was there just yet but no, i know that naomi around. campbell was a thing Yo, there um she but yeah so but in 1991 uh 23 years old she met a 56-year-old Texan named Bill Nelson. Oh, yeah. Billy Bill. Now, Bill had a history. And it was so exciting to me to find this when I was like, looking this up. Because I, I would have never... So. Yeah, it was just... I thought, like... At, I mean, I don't want to think that criminality is cool. But I just think that it's like... It just Come adds to his layers do, of stories. That, like, layer layers... Blah, 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 I can't talk today. Um, but he had his own interesting background. Because he was actually a former drug smuggler. No now... Problem. At one point, he had had a lucrative business. He was smuggling electronic goods uh, into Mexico on transport planes because he was a he's a pilot, mm-hmm. um, and he kept at the international airport in Laredo, in Texas. Um, and so, when she met him, he was actually on parole from his drug smuggling conviction in 1984. So, like there, 
It was just, it was just so let's, intense. Let's have a what did you do moment here. Um, I just want to raise awareness that not all smugglers are Mexican crossing the border. Um, you know, we tend to look at those people. He, oh, I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, yeah, Bill's white. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh. Like, he's a Caucasian man. Remember, we have this picture in our head from media and certain politicians that these people are primarily the people that bring into drugs and stuff like that. Right. Just so you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the guy who's like a devil's advocate, but I mean, they are taking the drugs from Mexicans. But yeah, like, they are, but, but not, it's not always yeah, those faces bringing are, them over. Yeah, the people distributing them and, yeah. and housing them are not. Like they're Mexican cousins on this side, right? And, yeah, that's but not like I, I was like, I just had to rip. Like we are getting them from Mexico. There's like, yeah, I'm sure there are white drug lords fentanyl in comes from Tijuana and things like yeah. that sitting there. But fentanyl comes from China, like yeah. or Japan, one of you know, over mm-hmm. there, okay, Pacific Islands, <laughs> Pacific areas. But it comes from over there, Anyways. right? But my, but as far as Bill Nelson goes, I thought that was that was an interesting tidbit. Is yeah. That, he so in my head also there's this um and Bill wasn't a small guy either so there's this like I feel like now there's this background of like rough and toughness that maybe she might have been attracted to as well like this air of manliness not just the money um but apparently the two met playing pool uh and she liked her older men um and so one of the other things she liked about him is that he was super flashy Mm-hmm. Bill Bill flaunted his his uh, means. Picture cowboy boots, large buckle belt. Um, he was described as flamboyant. He, he yeah. Had, yeah. I, I picture him as like the got the horses in the yeah. back. Is <laughs> attached. <laughs> like I, I mean, like, can nobody tell me nothing. Like that's how I picture Bill. Um, and so yeah, so I could see I could see uh, her like being drawn to that kind of personality. Right. Um, but since his drug conviction uh, in 1984, a drug smuggling conviction, he had turned things around for himself quite a bit. Um, my guess is that he had stashed some of that money away somewhere. Right. I'm like, he didn't like pull yourself up by your boots. I'm sure he pulled himself up by the the, 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 money he left <laughs> the bundles. The right. Uh, he's living in Southern California now, which is not cheap. But he actually owned a cattle ranch back in Texas, and he had a pretty large family. He was actually still technically married when he met Omaima. And I was like, so Bill Bill had a way about him. Mm-hmm. Uh but he had five children and seventeen grandchildren. Seventeen. Which one of these kids were pushing babies? Um, well, I know that his youngest uh at the time uh was fifteen. Mm-hmm. So right? That makes sense. Yes. At the time it was fifteen. So if you had five kids, I'm assuming that 18 to 25 was the other range. They don't really show a lot of uh, information. But still, all of them had to have children for it to right, be Right, for it to be like, yeah, it's intense. Or it could be that I misread it, and it could just be the fact that no, now he has 17 thing. grandchildren. No, I read the same all right. oh, well, yeah, <laughs> um, But be, being a traditional guy, like Bill, again, <laughs> quotes in traditional, uh, uh, even though he still had his first wife, um, it's not for me to say, uh, but this would be a whirlwind romance where the two would actually get married only a few days later. So all of this takes us to Thanksgiving weekend. Yes, it does. One nineteen ninety one. I was two years old. I was what? Seventeen. Five. five. <laughs> Seventeen. Dang. <laughs> um, Trash. So details of the actual event that went down. Um, can only be gathered from the information presented, 
but I just imagine that Oma, that Amaima was kind of enjoying the lifestyle of living in Southern California. Right. Uh, kind of wanted to live more like the housewives she kept encountering. Uh, so from what we gather, she kind of went to bill with the expectation of money. Now there are some conflicting reports as to what happens, uh, <laughs> next here. Um, but I'm assuming, and from like, again, the cases in the t- five minutes, I don't like dramatizations, but <laughs> of, of, uh, a video that I had watched in regards to this is that there's some saying that she had tied him up. Right. Um, like she had done a previous boyfriend, mm-hmm. which I thought was actually really interesting. I probably should have mentioned earlier is that she had a boyfriend in 1990 by the name of Robert Hansen, not the serial killer. Robert Hansen. This Hansen has two ends in Hansen. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had tied him up and held him at gunpoint and stole his money. Right. Um, so like there's this, there's a, uh, okay, this I mean, I've heard variations as well. I've heard right. consensual bondage play type exactly. situation. Um, so I've heard a few conflicting it could be. things. I would imagine the only way she could get a 230-pound man to lay on a bed tied up would it be if he was consenting Sensual, to it. Yeah. Um, other, like, uh, or otherwise drugged, right? Right. Um, so what happened was that Oma, oh, I can't pronounce her name wrong. Omaima became angry and she struck him two, three times with a clothing iron. Some reports say she broke her hand mm-hmm. hitting him with this iron, which speaks to rage. Right. Um, and intense rage. Um, with Bill knocked out, she had realized the damage she had done and dialed it up a few notches. Still, she went and retrieved a pair of scissors or a scissors, depending on where in the country you are, and stabbed Bill in the chest. Some people call it a scissors. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like I've heard it a few times. It's Connecticut, so people are always like on one side of the river. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and what she would do is she would pull Bill's bed, Bill's bed, Bill's body off the bed, uh, and then she would drag him into the hall and then begin to carve up Bill's body, seeing as she needed a way to get rid of it. Obviously, realizing right. that. She would say at a point she had blacked out, right? Like right. this has happened, like all this had gone down and now she doesn't know what to do. She's got to get rid of it. She's got to figure this out. Um, this is all happening going down in their apartment. Right. Um, according to the DA's office, this is actually what's pretty, uh, disturbing. Um, Omaima would cook her husband's hands in oil, uh, boil his head and place it in the freezer. Um, some of the reports say she boiled his hands to remove his fingerprints, the less in likelihood that his body would be identified once she eventually uh, disposed of the corpse. Um, but her statement to a psychiatrist is what really threw me for a loop um, when she described what she did next. She said that she actually cooked her husband's ribs. She had skinned his torso mm-hmm. and cooked her husband's ribs after she had donned a red hat, a uh, red dress, and gloves. And she had tasted him. Oh, cannibalism is so weird to me. Like, I mm. obviously, but like, I'm like, I'm not, I don't get queasy about a lot of things, but like, I don't think, ooh. You're the one, for the most part, this is kind of my case, but for the most part, you've introduced most of the cannibalism case. In the, yeah, it's my fault. In the show. Um, there, but there's other reports again that, um, Omar had skinned their torso, uh, cooked his decapitated head, um, and done actual other things to it, like tried eating pieces of it. But she had placed parts of his body in trash bags. Um, oof, geez. Um, but she actually later mixed up her husband's remains with Thanksgiving leftovers and used a garbage disposal to get rid of some of the chopped up body parts. The garbage disposal was going so long that the neighbors said they could hear the garbage disposal all weekend until it yeah, seemed it like, like it days. broke. Yeah. Which is <sighs> in, intense. Right. We don't, we won't get into it. Right. Now, there's a lot of, uh, 
defense or reasoning on Omaima's part Which here. Which I'll get into when we talk right. about the trial. So there's there's a lot of things that go down. Um, there's a lot of, again, my speculation is, I don't want to say too much, but I just feel like this intense of a rage, mm-hmm. um, especially given her history, like I could see a trigger happening, maybe PTSD. I don't know what could have done it. Right. But it is it is pretty intense. And so what happens is she realizes that she needs help. Yeah. Like getting rid of this. And so talk about being on good terms with your exes. <laughs> she called two of her ex-boyfriends to see if they'd help remove her husband's teeth. So again, once again, to stop his body from being identified. Mm-hmm. And according to one of these boyfriends, when she called, um, he was a little bit perturbed. <laughs> <laughs> like right. as most of us should be, right? Uh, in the sense, like, hey, what's going on? Right. <laughs> um, but so he actually calls the police to tell to tell them um, that hey, my ex asked me to help take the teeth out of her dead husband's uh, severed head. Um, you need to go run. Talk about not having support. What would you call your ex boyfriend for that? Well, that's what I'm saying. So he could be next? Those are, yeah, those are the closest things you have (laughs) to, like, I mean, we all tell jokes, like, you see the memes and things, like, my friends will help me bury a dead body. Like, like, you call your friends, like, some people call their siblings, like, I might have siblings with specific skill sets, but, like, I, but, like, when you think about, like, your friends, like, these heavy secrets, like, she calls exes. That shows, you're right, it shows how alone she Mm -hmm. was in the, in the country. It's insane. Um, and so, yeah, Omaima ends up getting arrested mm-hmm. um, while she was driving her husband's 1975 red Chevy Corvette mm-hmm. around Costa Mesa, um, apparently looking for a place to dump the remains. Mm-hmm. Um, and while they had stopped her, they discovered garbage bags filled with Bill's uh, dismembered parts in the vehicle. When they had first questioned her about this as well, um, she denied it. She was like, no, I don't have anything going on. This never right. happened. But then they found the organs in the vehicle. They're like, but ma'am. <laughs> um, and a Corvette is not that big. So they I know. Have, like, like, this is not a truck. They so didn't have, and they had reasonable doubt or reasonable uh, probable cause to search the, uh, search the vehicle. Someone suspected you of murder mm-hmm. and like they couldn't reach your husband. Mm. Uh, and he was well-known guy. So people were going to notice that he was missing. Um, and so when they visited the home yeah. after this, yeah. um, they found that the walls, floors, and the bedlands were soaked, uh, in blood. But, yep. And then while they were there, they co- they found more pieces of Bill's mm-hmm. body. Uh, and obviously, right, Omaima yeah. gets arrested for suspicion of murder on the right. second. And they find everything December. that you were talking about as well. Um, the turkey meat mixed with all Ugh. the body parts. Uh, there were Thanksgiving. There was hot dogs, peas, carrots. <laughs> she like mixed it all together. Pause. Hot dogs for things. No. <laughs> listen, no. listen. I don't know if she knows the. Tr- she's from Egypt, so I'm probably sure. I think maybe she. I think she was just grinding up meat with it, like she was just pulling things out of the freezer. Maybe. I don't know. Like, what um, are you doing on Thanksgiving? I only eat leftovers for like six days. The bedposts were um, broken. Um, Omaima was claiming at this point that she was uh, tied up and raped. Right. Um, and that's why it was uh, broken. She had bruises. Um, he also had um, some bruises as well on his body, which led to the police realizing that he was tied up. Yes. Um, I don't know. Um, but they did do a rape um, examination, which turned out to be negative. The cuts and bruises were consistent with somebody who had been actually dismembering um, body parts. 
Mm. Um, and this is where she starts to tell people and the people investigating and stuff that she doesn't remember mm-hmm. what happened. She wished she knew what happened. She just found him in a trash bag. Going for that insanity defense. Right? That's, you know, like, <laughs> and like you said earlier, and I wanted to bring it up more so when I talked about the investigation and why she could have done this. Mm. Um, part of me do, does think, like I said, it was a, I'm trying to seem crazy, especially with the stuff she says later. But if she did go into like a PTSD blackout, if she does have a history of trauma, like we stated in the beginning, right. it's quite possible that could have happened. But you had mentioned when we were discussing it earlier that the rage, the yeah. amount of rage, like, you know, like the amount. This is overkill. Yeah. Overkill. Uh-huh. I think that... And then a little bit of the foresight to asking people for help that, and, and that is, like And that. that's what it is. And so you were trying, you dismembered your body, uh, her body, you dismembered your husband's body, and then you asked people for help. So I, I've said that in previous episodes, the boiled down bare bones of an insanity defense is, did you know what you were doing was wrong and did you have time not to do it? Right. So tying someone up implies planning, mm-hmm. implies plotting, so premeditated. And then secondly, you asked for help and you were dismembering the body to hide it so you showed that it was wrong. You knew it was wrong. So like your insane defense almost goes out of the way. Like it's, so it's like, right. but then it's like, well, it was consensual, but then it wasn't consensual because you were tied up and the rape kid said that you weren't, you weren't right. sexually assaulted. assaulted right. Um, so it's like, so where did, so it's like, you can't yeah. really plead. It's hard. It's hard to find that line too. And that's the thing. It's hard to find that line with trauma victims as right. well. And I'm not excusing her behavior because this is extreme. Like I said, and we, we say all the time, there are people who have mental illness, PTSD, who go through trauma, who don't do these things. And the majorities don't. Right. But you also still need to Recognize. seek help. And I think that it's usually in the people that, and this is why it's so, also so shocking to me is that she was able to go and meet so many men and have these little flings with them. And maybe that's why there were always flings mm-hmm. is that usually it's when you get outside of your, your sphere of influence or contact sphere with your friends and family that people start challenging your behaviors and questioning them. And that's how you know that something might be a little off. Mm-hmm. It's usually when your kid goes to school and your te- and the teacher's like, Hey, I noticed so-and-so did this. Or if you go to college and someone's like, Hey bro, that's not cool. What are you doing? Is when you start questioning behavior and someone says, maybe you should talk to someone. So she was constantly around people who didn't know her right. and didn't know where she came from. Right. And if you're holding these secrets and again, the secrets will make you sick. Right. And you could hold them in. on so long. Sometimes. Right. Before things start, it's like, um, you ever see those anim- like the animaniacs when they like boil something over and they try to hold the pot down, down yeah. and it starts to squeeze over the sides, like the bubbling on the side? That's mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah. And then eventually the pressure just builds too much and the top pops. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what we saw. I think right. he, maybe if it was a consensual BDSM type moment and she was using that and asked a question like, I would love, you know, a thousand dollars a week or something like that. And he said no. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. and then she was responded with maybe like, I deserve this or whatever. You're your first wife. And, but I like, I don't know what happened, but I'm yeah, just saying there's I mean, so many things that went down here and so quickly. To further this insanity plea that we are theorizing, uh, she starts about talking about having visions of two women telling her prior to the murder that he has to die. He has to die. So she starts talking about visions that she's had. Um, there's there's a lot that goes into it, like I said, yeah, the trauma. So we have like some possibilities, which the first one is that this is PTSD. She blacked out and this what she said was legit. Or it could have been like and I always and I always err on the half truth. Right. I think it may have started a certain way, but she knew what she was doing towards the end. 
and she's blaming it on different things. And that's where I am with this specific case. I feel like it's a half truth. Yes, you went through the trauma. And yes, at first, maybe he was asking you and, you know, she was a sugar baby. Um, she had a history of being a sugar baby. So Right. And that's every time I watched anything or tried to, um, the context was that she was this yeah. gold digger, right? right? That she was this person who went around. And I don't like the for. term gold digger because there's the men who consent to these things. And this is where I'm it's going. Still, with. But it's still like gold digger yeah. implies that you You're have some kind of for... morally decrepit, defunction. Like, I get it. Like, you know there's a character like, flaw. But. Yeah. Like, it. it, it, it <laughs> Puts too much blame on the person trying to support themselves and not enough blame on the person who's willing to support them. And knowing that typically they ask these women to do things. No, right. But I'm also, I, I, the reason I'm erring on the side of being very general is that it like knocks on the door of like victim blame. I'm not victim blaming. I know, blame, but no. I'm just saying like, I don't, I'm just it, saying it, like, it, I'm, you know, social I don't like the term of, impact. I was just talking about the term gold digger in right. itself. Um, these women definitely have to, it's a give and take. They're definitely giving something to get the stuff. Well, yeah, but I'm I'm saying, saying, yeah, I know what you're saying, (laughs) but like, I'm, I think a gold digger is I'm thinking of people like Omaima. Yeah. And she definitely was. I mean, like vile intentions. Right, right, right. And like, I don't think that all gold diggers will murder the person they're, (laughs) they're spot that's sponsoring them, but I do believe. I just, I don't like the term gold digger in general. It's just a term, whether like she went way too far and she definitely, there's something wrong. Like you ate a person. Yeah. Back to going way too far though. (laughs) We're reeling ourselves back in. (laughs) But, um, when, like you said, the neighbors did say that they found, they heard the garbage was going for so long. Mm -hmm. And what I found really like crazy, um, is that the coroner's office had gotten, uh, Bill's remains and his accumulated body parts uh, during the op- the autopsy only weighed about 100 pounds. Now, Bill Nelson alive weighed 230 pounds. Uh, so 130 pounds of Bill Nelson is missing, including his genitals. Whew, so this was, is where I'm like, sis. Ugh. Right. So were they disposed of in other ways and other means? Were they dropped? When they caught her, did she had already drop off some of the remains? Were they all ground up? Had she eaten them? Like, all these questions start going up that nobody can answer. This is the part where I'm like, what? I, yeah, I, <laughs> I went through so it. many. And I love these. I love stories like this where it's written by journalists. I had to go through so many news articles right. to read about this. Because it's people who are, especially Southern California, it's people who are nosy. People who are going to poke and prod at stories. Right. Right. And so trying to piece it together, I knew that if there were details in here, we'd find them. Mm-hmm. And I can't figure out where... I don't think anyone's ever asked her where the rest of it was. At least it didn't go on a record. No. Um, Speaking of Omaima's record previous to this, like you said, she had the gunpoint. She also had an arrest for shoplifting in pharmacies, mm -hmm. um, department stores as well. Uh, One time, and this is, this might speak to, again, her trauma and her rage. Um, A lot of times with trauma victims, there's anger issues as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It was said that she, like, the person that apprehended her, the security guard at the store, she got so mad she like bit the woman's like chest yeah. really, really hard. Um, it says that she, the quote was, she bit the breast almost off. I'm not too sure if that was maybe a little bit exaggerated for the right. case, but there probably was some bodily harm that happened during the situation. And, you know, she also went for this woman's crotch. Yeah. <laughs> right. So... Now we're standing trial. It's December 2nd, 1992. She's 24 years old at the time. Um, at this point, um, you know, everyone thinks it's going to be like kind of open shut. She confessed. Like she said she did this. Right. Um, before the trial. So everything, everyone thinks it's going to be open shut with the exception of the abuse. 
Right. And that's what really stopped it. Um, she says that throughout their relationship, he was very abusive. Um, he had threatened to harm her several times. Apparently, it was even said that she had a cat that he threw out the window while they were driving. Yeah, like, that was the kind of um, relationship that they were in. Um, that, you know, and people's pets. Like, I love my pet. Don't throw my pet out the window. So, like... I love my cat. Yeah, yeah like, I, I think I'll probably be mad. Um, but, you know, this is where we get um, a problem between if this is actually true... And the trauma that she suffered like before. Um, psychologists did examine her. They said she was very childlike. Um, she would fantasize and stuff like that. This is usually, um, you know, signs of trauma of the past. Um, but despite all these signs of rape, sexual abuse, being abused, there was nothing to say that she was abused. Yeah, there was nothing to uh, substantiate her claims. Right. Um, and the thing is, again, the thing with FGM or female genital mutilation mm-hmm. is that also in instances of uh, like prolonged sexual abuse, right. sometimes those, um, unless it's like with, um, I hate to be graphic, but with objects and not body parts, right. um, softer, even if erect body parts, um, like there is usually internal damage and things that are done. But a lot of times, if it's, if you're, if you're already mutilated at a young age, the way things grow and the way things are, it's hard to tell what looks like what sometimes. Um, this is just according to where was I reading? I think it was like Dr. Brenda Kelly. Um, yeah, that's where we are. Um, when I was looking up the FGM in Egypt. Mm-hmm. But, so like, there's a lot of things that if it was, Something and the other side of things too. If you talk about the other side of sexual assault, it always isn't penetrative, right? You know, vaginal right. or anal. It could just it could be an oral. And penetration. there was there was reports of him doing this. He yeah. was forced to do oral like throughout their relationship. So like there, there but are just things. is where I'm like the sugar daddy baby relationship. This could be true. Well, yeah, I've heard and, instances of this, right? And so I think there's also the there's this myth that especially in the '90s that. Um, there were so many un, you, you probably know, so many unreported cases of spousal rape and things that oh, went yes. down. Um, so that's the other reason why this was also held up is that there, like, this could have been a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know that we don't have to talk about it because you guys should know, but like, be, being legally tied or bound to someone does not give you at right to their body or access right. to their body. It doesn't mean that they have to give you anything. And now if sex is a major part of how you show your commitment and appreciation and affection for someone and someone is closing off to that, seems like a personal issue, probably should divorce them, get it on with it. Like that's <laughs> like that's how I feel. If, I like, mean, if it's people something have that different wasn't. ways of showing affection. Just maybe try to also find somebody who matches your level. Don't coerce somebody into having to even like participate in it as much as you want to like well that's what i'm saying like if you that balance yeah but then a lot of times uh especially but that's what i'm saying like oh yeah. and her right like she came from this very traumatic um traumatic background but also this very sexually conservative place right and so a lot of like Something that you might think is like, oh, that's not many, that's not actually that often. For her, it could be that often. Right. You know, so right. like, she could be, um, what she could be doing is contextualizing something as too much as being abused. I don't know. There's so many things that went into this. But right. We don't have to stay here. Well, too we're long. Not, like I said, we're not excusing <laughs> her, but we're trying to figure out why she like would what? possibly. Like, it's the rage that threw me off. Yeah, it's just like the, it's the rage. It's, uh, you know, there, and there's no, I mean, they talked about how there's, Again, sometimes their uh, their relationship was a little volatile, but mm-hmm. what marriage is, and you've known each other for a month, right? You know, so but I think that 
like the increased rage like either he either really did right. like harm her in a way or she is making him pay for the mistakes of all the Other things people. that have been done to her right um either or way it could brutal be completely disgusting you know, no. right she's a, she's a murderer so she could also be alive fabricated right so like and she's also not well that's right. very clear that, that she's not well clear. Um, the fact that you say that you tasted your husband and he tasted sweet. This is where I'm just like, you definitely wanted an insanity plea, though. That comment right there, I was like, who is that for? I don't need to know <laughs> what what the flavor he is, girl. Like, who is this for? It's like me talking to my niece when she offers me information I don't need. Right. It's like, when, especially for? if she's in trouble, she'll be like, did you know I cleaned my room yesterday? I don't care. It's like you're just all you're just I'd rather hear things. about your like your niece's clean room though right. than a race. I'm just saying you're throwing things to try to get yeah. your, to kind of get the heat off of you. Yeah, like, and no, I you're, think that's what you got suspended. It's too late. Like you got arrested for murder, ma'am. Right. Like we don't care if he what you used to eat him with, like you ate him. Like which shows that you might be unwell, but also that all these other things show that you knew what you were doing. So it's like I don't Oh, we don't even know. Like, I don't think they even tested her, like, stomach. There's also been days, so. Oh, God. Oh, God. Or two days. So. You could easily do it. Probably a stool sample, too. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, but despite all of this and some of the jury's, uh, jurors feeling uh, sympathetic towards her in her story, she was still convicted and found guilty of second-degree murder. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so she was given 27 years for the second-degree murder. Um, as well as assault, false imprisonment, and robbery of former boyfriends. So Robert got- Hansen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. So she actually got 27 to life. Yes. For that. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's really interesting to talk about her parole proceedings. <laughs> yeah, Um, because in 2006, she was, first time she was up, she was denied. Mm. <laughs> like, very clearly, like, you're, you're not coming out. Um, but then once again in 11, but what makes me like, I don't know, it takes me back a little bit, is that between these two parole hearings, between 2006 and 2011, she got married again. Yep. Like, some old white dude, once again, was, like, so into this. And during 2000, her 2011 parole hearing, she's 43 at that point, she didn't have a lawyer there, she represented herself, and she had argued um, that she had become this changed person. Once again, not showing somewhat remorse, but not a lot, but now she's no. not taking real responsibility for what she's done or recognizing the gravity of her actions. Mm-hmm. Um, she wanted to live the good life that God meant her to live. Mm, mm-hmm. Claimed that she was sorry, but she continued to say she killed in self-defense. Too many people bring God into their uh, nonsense. Don't get me started. A lot of people hide behind Jesus. Yes. Um, and what's weird is that she... <laughs> It's so dumb. But she used her relationship with this second husband, um, who died previously, uh, before that she stood, uh, in front of this parole board to say that she was no longer a threat, right? Mm. She said that during their many conjugal visits that they stayed where she could have been in range of deadly weapons like knives and things like that. And her, her, her old husband <laughs> wasn't afraid that she'd stab him to death like her first husband. Like, girl, that's not a, that's not a good. That's not a reason, sis. Uh, and well, also, you also have cameras, people around. Well, not in conjugal visits. Videos? No, they, they so, can't. Like, they, if one person is coming out and the other person isn't, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> they, I, like in conjugal visits, what happens is you get your you get your specified amount of time with something with check ins and things like that. You have to check for like you get tested and things like that. And when when it's finally done, they will knock and they let you know I'm coming in. Like you don't get to like give me a second. I'm not I'm not decent. Like they're coming in, and so. 
for her when I say that. I'm like, that's not enough. No. Um, but also in this hearing, um, we had a really emotional and powerful witness statement from Margaret Nelson, Bill's uh, daughter. Oh, yeah. um, she had shared that like he missed her wedding because she had, oh, my, my had taken her father from her and missed the birth of her first daughter. Right. So all these many things. And so that uh, compounded with the whole... God changed my heart. And look, I didn't kill the second man I married while in prison. Yeah, girl, uh, you didn't defense. kill the guys before, sis. So what right. does that mean to me? Like, the argument didn't work. <laughs> um, so she was denied parole once again. Um, again, saying that she didn't take responsibility and didn't really understand or didn't want to grasp the gravity of her actions. And she won't be eligible again for parole until 2026. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 years is the maximum length of time that can go between hearings. So this is in, in what should be seen as extended punishment. They realize like this woman is a threat yeah. and she should never get out. So we're going to push this back as far as possible. Right. Uh, so in seven years, we're he- we'll hear from uh, Omaima Nelson once again. But yeah, currently she's sitting in a cell serving her time. Um, currently single i was hoping that she like didn't get married again because you know people are wild and they love their inmate i love i love watching loved after lockup there is a show on netflix it's about the inmates dating each other that was wild and they communicate through the toilets and so like they flush their letters down the toilet and because the way like the the co-ed prison or is it like co-ed but one floor is well one floor is women one floor is men So like the and all the pipes run down to each yeah. other, so they could and up and so yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, okay, well. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's I really progressive. The name. I was like, this is a lot of. <laughs> they are not supposed to do it. No, I was thinking you're talking. I'm thinking it's like an all female or all male prison. I was like, look at Netflix mm-hmm. trying to talk about no in prison. No, like whatever this is, like it's messy. I, I was like, but it's also super messy to like. I feel like to kind of exploit inmates. Like, they're not getting paid. I'm sure they're, they're not, not getting, getting paid. paid. Well, no, as long as... I don't think you can get paid for anything connected to your crime. But I feel like if you... There's a way to get paid if someone is using you while... Like, using your vis, your visage while you're already in prison. Maybe. So, maybe they put something on their book. I don't know how it works. That, they're paying I, I think, for their kids. I would kids. think they get something on their books or, or that. Yeah, paying going for to the, the family. Kids. But if it's going to the family, you could also, like... Just get the money, like you know, like True. from your family, but put on. But if your but if your family, yeah, it's like if your family was gonna give you the money. I wish I, I wish I remembered the name of it. Look it up for me. But that is Omaima <laughs> Nelson, guys. That's it. Yes, it is. Um, it's so good to be back. Yes. Um, with a I miss you, babies. Okay. Yeah, and you know we me. we we will be back um two weeks, one week. I don't know how we're gonna do this. Um, <laughs> we've we've been gone a while. I feel like we owe the. I mean, there's a surprise. Don't put coming. expectations on me that. <laughs> well, because one of us is a parent now, so that's, that's not me. That's you. What? Why, why do you keep saying your stepdaughter is not your daughter? I'm gonna. I'm leaving all of this <laughs> in. Like you're like that's not my kid. Like why do you she keep saying? She is absolutely my daughter, and I love her. <laughs> but that does not stop me from being present, being here, being Are you ready sure? to record. Yep. You sure? We usually do this let on me, a Monday. It's me, a Monday. Let me check my text messages because I feel like there has not been one time. Nope. Are you sure? Because I'm serious. Doesn't that me? I'll come with her. I don't know. I'm just saying. I feel like two weeks ago. Uh, oh, the show is Gelbirds, by the way. I will watch it. Mm-hmm. But no, that is that. It has been fun. Uh, look out uh, for a little surprise dropping somewhere on your timeline, maybe. On and it's Twitter, not birds Instagram. droppings. It's good dropping. Um, but that's been fun. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, D is what D underscore E. I never remember my name. I'll do it for you. D <laughs> underscore Isa for. On Instagram and Twitter. That is, that is it, that is it. You can find me on Instagram and, and Twitter at Charnel B. 
uh, and the podcast, Instagram, Twitter, at what did you do pod? Find us on Facebook, like us there, look at the website. Uh, join also, the crew. Join the crew. It's been so much I will fun. talk to people there. I, was I about talk about- to people on my Instagram mostly. Like I'm not a Twitter girl, but I I receive the DMs from the from the listeners, and I love it. Yeah, I was thinking about going live at some point, sometimes. You soon. always say that, and you're like, eh. well, that's because like, life happens. I don't a like lot. great. No, I don't, I don't like, like my face. Oh, I like my hair though. So oh, okay, so you, you guys haven't seen it, my hair since it's grown. Get it while it's hot. Yeah, I can't wait to get it. I can't wait to get it shaved down again, like the sides, because mm. I've let it grow. Because it doesn't matter. Uh, it's not time for the podcast. But guys, thank you so much for listening. It's been real. And until next time, keep your hands clean and all that good stuff. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs>